Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all types of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in personal and business life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get the show started. On today's episode, it's a solo episode. It's just me, myself, and I. I am trying to bring more of solo episodes again. I went crazy with interviews. I think I have over 50s. I really can't can't keep up with myself. <laughs> so in the month of September, you know, I, I last year I started my podcast. And then from January till like July or August, it was me, myself and I. And then my virtual assistant hit me up and I got my first guest. I was like, I took it from the universe. I was ready for guests. And then I went crazy in September. I did 17 interviews and that covered me October through December as the craziness of the male lady and things like that. And then this year I have kept track, but I have been doing less interviews. I'm barely getting to 10 interviews a month. And that has been a little bit hard to keep, you know, the two podcast episodes a week. So I want to slow down on the interviews for this year and start bringing more solo episodes, especially because now that I have my patron community, come and check it out. I love it. I have some free content, but I'm going to have some uh, block, some posts blocked, and it's just going to be for my community's eyes only. So I am excited to bring that up, and I want to bring more content that is patron related. But on this one, uh, I have planned to be talking about... (laughs) the trophy husband I saw a post and it triggered me because it's this guy that has three different wives at three different girlfriends or whatever and he's the one staying at home and people were going crazy so I was gonna go all crazy and talk about my opinion as I'm in a poly relationship and it's a male and two females and it's like it's what worked for us so like stop judging people and how they love and how they want to live their life. Like just go and live your life. If you're happy in a monogamous relationship and you want marriage, like go and live your best life. But some of us don't want that lifestyle and it works for us. And what bothered me the most was that um, the comments were all going after the woman. Like they don't love themselves. They don't respect themselves um they're pitiful and blah 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 you have no idea how hard it is to be in a in a poly relationship where there's more than one female okay we already have enough insecurity as it is when we look at ourselves in a mirror can you imagine like having somebody else at your house that reminds you of those insecurities it's not easy it's not for the weak so stop judging this woman because it's not, it's not, 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 not an easy at all. Anyways, but after my rant, <laughs> you know, I just want to do a different perspective in poly lifestyle. And if you have any questions, like post them in the comments on YouTube. I think you can on Spotify as well. Um, and then or come join my community is life with Francie in Facebook group and we can have this conversation more of my uh, well not going to go into details and stuff like that but more of my perspective on poly lifestyle so I thought that it was interesting Um, no I will not be with a man that doesn't have a job that's not what I do but it's what worked for that family. And it's from a reality show on, on one of the channels or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, the post just triggered me, especially because they attacked the woman so bad. And I think me and my partner, like oh, my partner and I are like two strong women that fell in love with this man And it's not like we're doing everything and anything that he says and he does for manipulation or anything like that. It's like he provides for us. 
he does uh, we share the same values we share the same um parenting styles i don't have kids yet they have kids and we try to make a healthy and safe environment for those kids and be have somebody at home that can take care of them so for emergencies and things like that uh any parent out there knows that is very hard and if you don't have the help of grandparents which in this case the kids have amazing grandparents that sometimes take them for sleepovers and things like that but they don't have a good huge community it's awesome to always have a partner that is at home for emergencies and things like that and then having two that provide for the family so I'm excited to see how my life is changing in that way uh so for right now you know we don't all live together but we have been spending most of the time together and all the drama all the craziness just like went away it's not like we put things under the rug but it's like now we finally see the vision of the future and everybody's on the same page everybody's on same book everybody's on the same mission everybody has the same target is it easy hell no but we're still doing it but anyways enough enough with my rant <laughs> so then um I had one podcast episode that triggered me so it's I, I guess this one is all about my triggers let's talk about my triggers um which I don't want to make fun of people that have been triggered like uh, believe me when I say that I understand and it's not easy and I send you a big hug if you suffer from any type of mental health issues depression anxiety you know things that I can relate to and if I can't relate to I still send you a big 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 hug but for me in this case in this uh, um, interview it was with uh, sex tantric sex and relationship coach and she was amazing uh, she talked about pleasure and her mission and things like that well I did not expect to be triggered in this interview and so when this interview happened I was like I really want to talk about it afterwards but my podcast episodes are like um my content for my podcast is planned a month ahead and then on this one I had a solo episode and I'm recording it like right after I did the interview with Anne Bland um last week and the episode was posted last Wednesday so it's two episodes ago from when this episode starts anyways so I had the conversation with her everything was going great but as we talking about pleasure I told her that my boogeyman was the one that taught me about pleasure and he shouldn't have had taught me about pleasure and when I say my boogeyman is my biological father so um thanks to him I have a PhD on every single type of abuse and in a, that interview I share a little bit about my story and I got triggered and in my head like I was going nuts like I, I almost didn't publish the interview uh, there was a lot of things going on in, in my head, but I was like, I have to do it. I have to uh, publish the interview. So I waited till like I posted it and then I re-listened to it and I was like, okay, everything is fine. So the same thing as what happened with the abuse. So um, there was grooming from time. Uh, okay, let's go back to the beginning real quick. My parents got divorced. My mom goes back to Puerto Rico. When she goes back to Puerto Rico, um, she raised me with her family. And there she met my dad, who is my dad since I've been one, pretty much. And I know it's called stepdad, but I really, really, that word triggers me. I, I can't stand that word because my dad took me in his family took me in so like they didn't have to love me but they chose to love me and I am one of them like I say I'm one of the uh, well I was just gonna say <laughs> their last name but that doesn't matter it's my family so anyways my uh 
um then my mom I grew up with them and and it you know they gave me a great childhood but then at nine years old the men with my face and my grandmother just showed up and ruined my childhood the cute little my mom had me in he crushed it and then boom I started having anger issues and anxiety and uh, depression and all kinds of stuff uh yeah my mom wasn't perfect and I had my stuff with her because of the hitting um it, it wasn't I understand where she was coming from and I know it's like as part of the culture. I know that everybody knows about the chancla, the flip-flop. <laughs> we get hit a lot. And then as a child, I got hit with the belt. Now, as with my mom, I don't see it as abuse. But here, when I came here to the United States and how they treat kids and how parents can discipline their kids and things like that, I can see how um, if you live a more, nobody should be hitting with a belt, period, end of the story. But it was um, what it was. It, it was how they raised me. I don't know how to explain it. It was the 90s and it was in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm still, I'm 35 years old. And if I do anything in front of my mom, like my mom will hit me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I still can't curse. So it's just the way that I was raised. I love my mom. I love my culture, but that's just, it is what it is. My mom and I have had those conversations where um, I get to heal the little girl, like asking questions. And I one day I ask her, like, I hope she's okay with me telling this story. But uh, one day I asked her, like, why? Why was it like the heating and things like that? And she said that in a way it was like the resentment that she felt towards my biological father because like I have his face and I act like a him. Like I, I like now I can't deny I could never deny that I'm his daughter like I there's nothing that I can do I can't change my DNA it is what it is in me but that doesn't mean that I have to allow that person in my life so long story short then teenager happens and he comes I I go back to talking to him on the phone um and through my grandma which I don't understand that because I used to go to my grandma's house, but it, it, we didn't never really call my biological father. Like I just went and it was time with grandma. I didn't care about the stranger that was out there. So it wasn't until I met him that I was like, well, I really want to talk to him. And he wanted to put a phone in my room, but it's so, it's so crazy. I was nine years old and I told him no. I was like, I don't need a phone in my room. Uh, we use my aunt's house, you know, so the whole neighborhood will have one phone or two phones. But this one phone, I still know the number. <laughs> and uh, so we use that phone. So as a little kid, I was like, um, no, I don't need a phone in my room. You can call me at my aunt's house, but I don't know how we we just stopped. It, it wasn't it wasn't consistent and then at 13 we go and talk to my grandma and ask her to talk to my dad my biological father and so we talk and then you know as a teenager I'm like why didn't you stay why didn't you do this why didn't you do that and he was like well your mama's not a saint and I'm like mm, that's it debatable <laughs> because my mom stayed with me like she loves me unconditionally like my mom is the meaning when you put as uh, the meaning for unconditional love it puts Francie's mom <laughs> I freaking love that woman to death I cannot tell you how much I love you I love her because I love her a lot she's my best friend people are like you told your mom that and I'm like yeah like she can't do anything I'm her daughter <laughs> and I just love it we talk a lot in codes but we say a lot in those codes and we love that relationship but it wasn't like that as a teenager so anyways I start talking to him and then he says that about my mom and I'm like I'm done with you but I still had that anger and that feeling of like I want to have him in my life and things like that so 
but it didn't work out and then I went to look for love in in guys and that's how I met my ex-husband I was in middle school and he was in high school and we shouldn't have been together but we were and I'm not going to say that it's part, uh, part of the culture, but it's like it was part of my community. My um, it's now that my little cousins are like, no, I don't need to get married to leave the house. Like, I'm going to go leave, leave the house and get an apartment. And I'm like, what? You can do that. I didn't know that you can do that because I grew up. You had to get married to leave the house. Like if not, you was going to be an 80 year old woman still living at home. And so anyways, um, through this, uh, we met, we have conversation, then we go to a place that kids shouldn't be at. And, and we had our first encounter and my mom, a few months later, my mom asked you a couple of months later, my mom asked me, August, September, September, yeah, a couple of months later, she asked me and so I I knew that she knew so there's no point like when my mom asked me for something there was no point to lie to her because she already knew the answer so I told her yes and she was like okay there's nothing else to talk about there's nothing else to talk about that was on a Monday and then on a Wednesday uh she had my wedding uh, ready for Friday as a 14 year old I know it's crazy calm down it's the past it's the 90s so no it wasn't the 90s it was early 2000s yeah early 2000s so anyways I get married uh, of course it doesn't last it was 10 months of my life uh amazing and chaos but that's my whole life I, I was born in chaos and so it was an on and off relationship and one of the times that I was like I'm leaving he was like well you're never coming back like this is it if you leave you're not coming back home and he didn't expect for me to get in a plane nobody expected me to get in a plane and leave so I called my biological father and I was like hey what's up dude um it's time for you to raise me so my mom already have 15 years let's see what you can do so I, I came over here to the United States and so I went from Puerto Rico where um sex was a voodoo and you can't talk about it to talking about it way too much in a not unhealthy way so because it, it shouldn't be taught by your biological parent like if you have a cool relationship and you're talking about it in an educational way that's good but my training was to be better than my mom that's not healthy so um nor should I know <laughs> anyways that's too much so I come over here and that was October and in November it was my 16th birthday and I have gotten my first sex toy given by my biological father so um I was confused but it was cool um how I explain it is like he was my best friend I never had a father-daughter relationship with him. Um, and once again, talking about it, it was awesome. Learning things about my body. At that time, he was just telling me stuff, not doing stuff. And in Maryland, we had like a, a taste of a little bit of father-daughter relationship just because um, my stepmom at the time had my brother and he was a kid, so she had to be driving the car when he had motorcycle events, which was awesome. And I have been triggered this past month because my boyfriend went on a bike ride. And now I'm like, I'm the daughter of a biker. But for so long, I didn't even talk about that part of my life. Like, he was like, what? You did what? Yeah, because I went from Maryland to Florida, Maryland to 
um, Massachusetts, Maryland to New York, uh, Maryland to PA, Pennsylvania, um, Maryland to Kansas, Kansas to Maryland. Like, it was freaking awesome. I love that life. I love that lifestyle. I love the community of the organization, association that he was part of. Um, it was a cool Latin community. So, but then when we got the, when he got a promotion to come to Kansas, I could stay over there with our family or nothing or come over here or go back to Puerto Rico or come and live with him in Kansas. So I came to live with him in Kansas. And of course that training went into, sorry, I just hit the microphone, um, went to another level and that training became more, which that grooming, I guess, became more. Now, I don't talk too much about that situation, but in that um, podcast episode, I say I am a survival of incest. It was really hard for me to say that word. Um, it, it, it's still hard to say it. Um, it's really hard. Like I'm here playing with the cable of the microphone. Um, but I just feel like I can tell a little bit more about, uh, about my story. So you guys get to know me a little bit more and understand why my mental health issues happen and how I am dealing with it and how I can help others through the tools and resources that I have that have helped me, you know, that's why I want to share it with others. And then sadly, I know that other women have gone through it. And I just want you to know that you're not alone. And this, not everybody has a great family. Some of us have dysfunction in our families and it goes out for generation after generation now I know that in that side of the family um that is not common but it has happened to other family members and I, I wasn't introduced to that that um horrible world till I met him because I have let me see, six uncles from my mom's side. And I have about, I think four or five uncles uh, on that side as well. And then they have kids. So I have a lot of cousins that I male. And that in both of those families, I need to stop hitting the microphone, sorry. Um, on both of those families, nothing, not at all, not a word about that happening. Now, in one side of the family, it was uh, cousins, but we were a lot of cousins. And I see it more as exploring like, oh, you got that. I got this. Oh, how does it feel if I touch this or I touch that? Can I kiss you here? Can I kiss you there? But not like to the extreme that I will call it like abuse or something. It was more like adventurous, uh, exploring. And we spent a lot of time together. And um. So, yeah, so I don't see it as bad. And then I wasn't introduced to grownups touching little kids like that in that way. So, um, yeah, so the training went into a little bit more. Then I got into the singers, singers, oh my God, swingers. There you go. (laughs) Sorry, I'm nervous right now. And... (laughs) coping mechanism so see me laughing and but I can't I can't stop moving because I'm really uncomfortable but since I already said it on that podcast episode I just wanted to say a little bit more and actually when I listen back to that podcast interview I feel empowered by my own story I felt like it gave me a different perspective of 
of, of everything that happened. So I just, and I've been dying to, not dying, but I've been trying to like say my story and I wanted to get it out because not to be known for it, but that it might help somebody. And if he helps just one person, the pain and the suffering wasn't in vain. So, um, yes, I got this. Um, so yeah, so I uh, was into swinger. I was into the swingers' world, and I had, <laughs> I was eighteen or nineteen when I met um, this thirty-two-year-old. He was amazing, you know, even though, you know, he did what he did. Uh, he just gave a lot of underage girls alcohol. You know, he owned clubs in the city, in different parts of town. And drinking for free as a teenager. Are you freaking kidding me? It was the coolest shit ever. And uh, so uh, we started going to uh the same I had lost contact with him and then at uh, 21 I had started I met him again because he was the owner of one of the clubs that I used to go and he he became the owner of it so I was like oh wow I haven't seen you in like a couple of years so this is really cool that it was like the time had not um stopped us yeah time has not stopped or whatever and we just clicked like nothing happened by this time he was like 34 35 and I was 21 so one of the parties I see my biological father and instead of him doing the normal right thing to do or it's like you can't be here or I'm actually leaving um he became friends with the person that I was in uh, at the party he was cool as shit and he wanted to be friends with him too. So he started to meeting up on the same parties. And then one of the parties, um, I woke up with a hickey and it was by him. We couldn't talk about it. And there's a lot of stuff that happened and I'm not going to go into details. I'm really uncomfortable. Um, I really don't even try to go. I really don't remember that night. But I know that there was a lot of manipulation, uh, a lot of alcohol, a lot of smoke involved um, for me to do things. And then I had left because I didn't want to do it anymore. But we were fighting custody of my brother at the time. And so I came back doing what I needed to do to have my family again so I went from not wanting to do it or anything to like feeling like his mistress and in some way my brother's mother but I don't want to confuse people he's not my son but it was just I had the, that role and I did very, very poorly. I was horrible at it. And I hate the fact that he has such a horrible memories about me because I'm really a sweet person, but I was a teenager fighting a lot of demons and I should not have been taking care of a 10-year-old. I see kids at different ages and some parents put that responsibility of the oldest to take care of their siblings when they're going through their own stuff. And that's not healthy. That's not right. Um, you had the kids. It's your responsibility. You shouldn't put it on your oldest child. It's not their responsibility. It's not their job to take care of their siblings because you have more kids. Period. End of the story. 
fight me on it. <laughs> I mean, I understand single parents. I'm not going after you guys. But in a perfect world, siblings get to be siblings. The oldest child should not have the role of a parent. So no child should be left alone at nighttime. And I was doing drugs and alcohol. I shouldn't have been taking care of a kid. And I hate that. My brother hates, uh, not hates me, but he has, uh, he probably doesn't give a shit about me. Um, I'm nobody to him because the memories that he has of me are so bad. And I, at least one time I was able to apologize and tell him how I feel, but I don't think that it makes a difference because he has a different perspective and a different story when it comes to biological father. Um, um, with me, there's a lot of uh, abandonment issues, um, anger, the little girl inside of me will always want her dad and I hate it as a woman I, I'm, I'm struggling through it right now because I don't want him in my life but there are certain things that are happening in my life that are similar to his lifestyle and his stuff that it's definitely shows me that I'm his daughter and like I would love to have I hate that I'm crying <laughs> I would love to have the same conversation that I have with my mom with him you know to have a different understanding per perspective on why I am the woman that I am today but um, I thank my family members that love me from that side that still message me on Facebook or any type of social media and I'm like hey girl how are you doing are you doing okay and this isn't that I have one but she's my great aunt's daughter and she's fucking amazing I want to be like her when I grow up she's the coolest person I know and her love and the love of my great my great aunt, both of my great aunts were amazing. And so thanks to them, I really don't feel that much unworthy or unlovable because they still take care for me. And I still get, when I get something that I don't understand, I can message them and they can give me an understanding of why I am how I am or whatever and like it's okay or whatever and then the mentors and my amazing community so um anyways I did what I had to do till I met my boyfriend of 13 years and he got me out of that situation and then in a way I was angry, angry at him because I lost my family because of him. He rescued me from that situation, but I hated him for so long. Because I just knew, I knew that when I fell in love, I was going to lose what I had. I didn't want to lose it, but I didn't want to keep it either. So it, it's very, very hard and very complicated. So that's the complex PTSD comes from. Or anger issues or, I don't know, anxiety, whatever. I don't want to put everything on him. There's a lot of shit that has happened. But biological father definitely had a huge part, or at least in my, because he's just living his life, living his best life and being himself. Um, uh, but what it does to a little girl, like now that I, I have a friend that she has the monogamous relationship, they go to church, and they're like amazing, amazing. They're like, when I 
think about a Christian, like that's the type of Christian that I want to see. Uh, the ones living in it, not just talking about it. And they're, they're it. And I see him with his daughters and it's just like, wow, like that's incredible. And now I watch my partner who has been such a jerk and he is horrible sometimes as a partner because he puts us two through hell and back and he's so sweet to his daughters he is an amazing father and um i i love that i love seeing that because i didn't have that i didn't get to feel relatable you know um I feel like so different from my family because my mom's side of my mom's side and my dad's side are like how the hell did you guys make me like how did you do me get involved <laughs> fall in love and make me doesn't make any freaking sense he was a new yorkian um so meaning that he was either i think he was born and part raised in new york or born in puerto rico and raised in new york or halfway or whatever how it happened and my mom was from the mountains of puerto rico but she goes to job court and she meets this new yorkian and they fall in love i guess and have me after their chaotic relationship and stuff so it's just crazy right when you think about your parents <laughs> how they met and how you came about and how no matter if you have a good relationship with them or you don't have a good relationship with them or don't even know them that fucking dna is so hard and so strong so i just wanted to give a little bit more of my story and just I can let it go I finally said it on the podcast I have said it in other people's podcasts but I haven't said it on my own so I felt like I was cheating on you guys you know for not telling my story but it's just that it's not easy I had to do a lot of work I'm still doing a lot of work um I just had uh, a um, session with Portia today. So she's still my mentor. I am thinking about calling my therapist again. It's been a couple of months financially. I couldn't do both, but I need to go back for uh, more for work related because ugh, work is so annoying. My my mentor doesn't count but if I go to therapy like they don't fight me in it like if I want to leave work because I want to go to therapy they're like well do your thing but if I'm like I'm out because I got a mentorship they're like no you can't do that so it's more for work and how annoying they are um with paperwork <sighs> and uh understanding other things you know having that support and making sure that I'm okay and so yeah so I just wanted to give my a little bit more how the interview went you know I said that it was two minutes conversation on the interview but I thought that we had talked about it the whole thing same thing as my trauma my trauma my horrible time with him was six months actually there was grooming before the six months, but it's about six months that the main part happened and I carry it over a decade. Like it had happened all my life. And then it's, it was the same thing with the podcast interview. Um, I was triggered for like two or three minutes of her conversation. And I was so proud of myself because I was able to soothe myself and come back just like I have done for this. I have been crying already on this interview. And I'm, I'm, I've been 
rubbing my hands. I've been playing with the cable off the microphone. So I'm sorry if you hear a lot of background noises. I have been rubbing my legs and rubbing my arms because it's just a way to soothe myself as I'm being triggered. And I do not put any warnings on my uh, podcast uh, interviews or anything like that because I say it on the intro. My podcast is Life with Francie. My life is a hot freaking mess. And I can talk about self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. So I let you know from the beginning that you might find some conversations that are not, and I have always said it, like I told my bestie one time, she's one of my listeners, I was like, girl, you cannot listen to my podcast with your kids. Like, are you crazy? And it was just that I said a bad word. I was like, Auntie Francis doesn't say bad words. So they cannot listen to our podcast. Um, so um, I hope that I didn't trigger anybody. And if you need any support after any episode of mine, like just reach out. I have an amazing community and um, we can help you get through it. You will get through it. It's all about learning new soothing techniques, um, building a foundation that will help you when you are feeling like you're in the danger zone. I am not an expert at anything. Um, but I have gone through some hardcore shit and come out stronger than ever and being able to have a joyful, peaceful, um, loving, understanding environment is like unheard of. So if you want some of that, come and join my community uh, in Patreon or my Facebook community, YouTube community. Come and check it out, you know, if you want that kind of support, if you need that kind of support. Um, I don't wish my story even on my worst enemy. Like I said, I am not going to be known for it, but if it can help others, I will share it. Uh, I will go back to podcast interviews. I have the month finished. Yay! I was so scared, you know, because I have been slowing down on interviews, but um, I'm almost there by the time I this uh, episode is published. I should have the four interviews that I need to finish the month, and then I can focus on April. In April, I will have even less time of recording for the podcast because I want to spend more time with the family. So now I'm having a little, little, lots of little problem with my scheduling. Because last year, I was able to do more podcast interviews because I was doing interviews after work. Like I will come at home at seven or eight at night and I will do at least one or two podcast interviews. This year, I'm not doing that. I set a boundary. So I am going to um, only record on my days off. And I really have a few um, um, days off. <laughs> I'm not on the overtime desire list. I don't think that I will sign up on the overtime desire list for April um, because I am really loving my family time. You guys don't know. I have the coolest family in the world. Oh my gosh, I wish I could take more. And I think that's why I got my Patreon too. Because <laughs> I will be talking more there where it's private. And right now I don't have any Patreons. And I can go a little bit more <laughs> and say, because I want to keep my life. I want to come back and bring, uh, keep some of my life private I know it's life with Francie but that doesn't mean that I have to talk about everything that is happening in my life at the moment and I have to respect the um, people in my life not so much the other two adults it's more of the five kids involved so I have to be respectful because I am talking about their parents 
and that's not nice so I don't like anybody talking uh any crap about my mama or my dad the one that took me in when I was one uh you can say anything about my biological father I don't give a fuck <laughs> I probably agree with you <laughs> and um so I want to be respectful for them and I don't want them to come up um and um listen to my podcast and I'm talking stuff about my private life because right now you know I'm just a friend of the family they know that there's something more but we are very respectful around the kids so I want to be respectful of that and then I don't want to talk about too much of my life where I can be triggered but I have I feel free you know six months ago I was able to say I am a survivor of incest and once again that word is very hard for me but it gave me a different perspective and it reminds me that I was the child no matter what I was the child if in his side of the story is that I seduce him that it was my fault or that we both had blame in it thousand percent I can agree with you if if that was the case I would have taken myself to a mental health hospital not do the things that he did because I was a child right now I have three teenagers in my home two of them are male there's no way in freaking hell I feel anything for a child and if that were the case that they were to say something inappropriate to me I would take handle it having that conversation of no this needs to stop you have to respect me if that doesn't change then we need to change the family structure we need to make some changes where we can't be in the same room if you can't understand that and that's all I have to say on that matter um so um it's part of my story can't do anything about it I don't like it I wish it wasn't there but it is I don't have any communication with him um the last time and he unblocked me on Facebook and I blocked him so fast it wasn't even funny the second he showed up on my news feed I was like nope not today devil not today and thank god he hasn't reached out after that Last year, I was scared because um, if you have listened from day one, uh, the first few episodes, I'm talking about a panic attack because my grandma had reached out and I had not talked about it on the podcast. I, I don't think uh, explaining in details, but she had reached out to me and I thought that he would reach out because I was having communications with her. But he didn't. Instead, he just took communications um, from the whole family away from her. And it sucks because she has Alzheimer's. And I wish I could talk to her. I wish I could see her. But he gets to hurt me again and keep her away from me. I could reach out and try to to see her, but I don't want to talk to him. And it wasn't like she was best grandma in the world we had our things but um I still love her and she loved me and she always called me her little princess and she she was cool she was cool I can see where I get my dark humor (laughs) it comes from her side definitely there's some things that I have told my friends while I was talking to her and they were like, oh, my God, that is so mean. I was like, no, but that means that grandma loves me. Doesn't your grandma love you like my grandma loves me? So, yeah, some things are not normal. 
because <laughs> she calls me names and things like that. But then I lost contact with her and that sucked and that set me into opening Pandora's box. And last year was hard because I was already like, oh, you know, I don't have to deal with that anymore. And this is my year of peace and I'm awesome and whatever. And day four off January of 2022, I was having a panic attack because my grandma was trying to tell to me two or three months later, I lose contact with her. And then I haven't talked to her for almost a year now. We go years without talking to her, but I'm afraid that this time is for real and I will not talk to her um, and she will pass without seeing me. And that's that hurts because um, nobody should go out that way. But I'm not talking to the devil to see her. So I have to deal with the consequences of my actions later on if she passes and I don't get to see her. I just keep reminding myself I'm the child in this situation. I shouldn't have to do anything or to put myself in the danger zone, talk to the boogeyman or do anything like that to be able to reach out to her. And, you know, it's life. Um, I'm sorry for that. Um, part of me is hurting in that way. But nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. The less contact I have with that side of the family, um, the better it is. And those who love me that are from that side of the family, I love them too. And I will forever be grateful that I am part of their life and they're part of my life. Um, to my other two families, thank you, thank you, thank you. They are amazing. And I love them no matter what, how special they are. I still love them. And it, it feels like family. You know, I love having so many aunts and uncles. I love having so many cousins that I can keep track of them. I try to do um, family tree, putting all the names. And at the end, I was just like, cousin female cousin one male cousin two because I I don't know their name there's so many and it's different generations so I love that I love that I go to Puerto Rico and I have so much love um and so many family members and then I'm here in Kansas all by myself when it comes to blood family but then I created an amazing family of my own my work wife is amazing and so made in my everything. And then I have my Boricua sister. I have my bestie. I have my Kansas mom, my Kansas sissy, uh, my, faith, my faith sister, my partners. I mean, I'm living the life, baby. <laughs> so it's just crazy that after so much chaos, and so much trauma, living in my darkest days, and trying to get out of those dark days to be at peace. The first time that I felt peace, I was like, I'm uncomfortable. You know, I didn't know what to do. My mentor was cracking up laughing. She was like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. Is I, can I cast chaos? And she's like, no, you can't do that. You can't just start drama. Is it me? Am I the drama? Uh, but yeah, no, it feels good not to feel angry. Uh, it feels not, it feels good not to feel sadness and things like that right now. I think my toxic relationship is my job. I have been in it for 16 years, almost 16 years since September as a career employee. And then one year that doesn't count. So it's 17 years 
with this corporation and it hasn't been easy and now I really really want a way out that's what I'm doing what I'm doing I have affiliate links uh mostly poofy organics uh where I get my skincare uh I'm trying to build a community uh to support one another and hopefully bring some income that way but then I have my YouTube channel and now Facebook is paying me so I'm trying to get the that you know money that way through affiliate links um Facebook uh YouTube but YouTube and social media it takes so so long to monetize so pot match you know some of my interviews are from uh pot match members and i get paid for those and if anybody uses my link to be in that community i get a portion of their commission as well as a commission um so yeah i'm trying to find different ways i couldn't uh upload my journal to amazon kdp so i think i'm gonna do it on my own and doing it on my own is gonna be a minute because I need some um, products like uh, clean something to make holes uh, to the paper and cover. And ooh, hold on. And I need a printer and paper and all kinds of stuff. But the journal is coming. I think I'm gonna try to do a digital version first. So I got to change the measurement so you guys can uh, print it out. Oh, my goodness. Random allergies. I had to stop the recording. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so I probably do a digital to uh, version to put it out there and bring work workbooks and things like that. So. I want to bring my own products. I have designed some stuff on Printify, but I need money to make money. So that's one part that they didn't say on uh, YouTube about Printify. So one thing at a time, uh, my website is this close to being published as well. So I'm excited about that. And anyways, I don't know how long I have been talking. I have I did not keep track of it. <clears throat> I just wanted to do this podcast and in, uh, uh, interview to this podcast episode uh, to talk a little bit more about that interview. I had a solo episode. I will be more organized again. Uh, once again, I had it all like I was going to talk about the trophy husband. And then I got triggered by Anne Bland, um um interview. So I wanted to record one talking about it how a little bit more about my story and how it went in that interview which it was I got triggered and I was able to soothe myself and finish the interview strong so that gives hope and then when I listened back to it I felt empowered you know by my own story so anyways if you can relate to anything like that you know just reach out and let's have a conversation about it um you know you don't have to go into details but like if you need some support I'm here for you um that's about it now on Monday's episode I think it's life with Daniel and he was pretty cool he had um brain surgery and he's a miracle walking so he gives me a different perspective on life to stay positive and see the good of being in being alive and getting a second chance at life so check it out on monday and it was last wednesday that i had the conversation with Anne bland the tantric uh the tantric sex and relationship coach which I told her like if it wasn't for the amazing work that Portia Newton has done with me I would not have been able to have that conversation with her and finish out strong so get to a mentor but please check it out you know there's a lot of people out there 
claiming that they can help you out, but sometimes they can make things worse. So do your research, make sure that there's chemistry between you two and that it's really a good fit before you start investing some money because I have spent, I have invested at least $10,000 on my mental health in the past two years. Or, or three, you know, even more, uh, even more money than that, because he has been, uh, Portia wasn't my first mentor. She was the one that I have stuck with for over two years. And I love her to death. And I, I, I gotta make more money so I can keep her. Because uh, she's amazing. Now she's helping me out with my business and my social media and things like that. So we have moved from trauma work to business work and it has been amazing but she's still more uh somatic uh sacred uh sexologist and she's helping women embody themselves and um you know so look that look for professional help the thing with me I had on and off therapy for uh over a decade and it wasn't until this last one that I really feel like a good fit, like I miss her and I want to talk to her again. So seek out, um, if you are religious, your pastor, um, hopefully have some uh, Christian counselors through your church community. There's groups out there, there's nonprofits. So go out there and look for resources. I had a lot of YouTube um, YouTubers or podcasters that helped me out through my journey till I was ready to be out there. Like I did a lot of my healing on my own and quiet before I got a podcast. And now I'm telling people what I have done to be the woman that I am today. So I just want to say that if you're going through your darkest days, it doesn't stay dark forever. Um, I can finally see the rainbow, you know, I can see the light, um, and I can feel peace, you know, I might not be where I want to be yet, like Joyce Myers says, but I'm sure as hell, that when I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> um, I'm sure as hell glad that I'm not where I used to be, I'm glad, anyways, you know how she's, <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, I'm not good at quotes. That's why I don't do quotes <laughs> because I'll mess them up. Uh, but anyways, I yeah, uh, I'm glad to be where I am today. You know, I am glad that I am this male lady during the day. I'm podcaster at night, um, building a strong community. I build my own family. Um I I have created such a safe and great environment around me um is is really incredible even two years ago I wouldn't think that I was gonna be here a freaking year ago a YouTube you know what my podcast to have 120 episodes like what <laughs> no I thought that I was gonna have like 12 episodes one podcast a month or something like that and I'm still keeping it at two I haven't brought any bonus episodes yet I just be moving interviews when I want to do solo episodes. But anyways, um, I hope you have a great month. Uh, for me, it's starting. For you, it will be like mid-March. Uh, uh, so I hope it all is well. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast or watching my YouTube videos. I see that I'm getting some views and I have 38 subscribers on YouTube and 27 listeners on Spotify shows. Love you guys. I really appreciate your listens. Uh, it makes my day when I see it moving from one to two to three to four. So, and when it passes to the double digits, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going viral because <laughs> somebody listened to my episode 10 times, you know, 10 different people listened to my show. So I appreciate you guys and I appreciate the support. Uh, the day that Anne Bland uh, 
um, interview came out. My girl from uh, Chronicles of a Virgo, she uh, sent me a message and she was like, oh my gosh, I just couldn't believe. I just had to give her a shout out. Thank you for your love. And, you know, my friends and family that were there for me, uh, my partners, you know, gave me all the love that I needed that day. Um, so I am very grateful for the people that I have around me and support me. So get you your own. If your people suck around you, go find you some new ones <laughs> or come to my community. <laughs> so anyways, uh, my podcast can be found in all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on YouTube and come and join and support me on my Patreon community as well. Anyways, like and subscribe. <laughs> Hope you have a blessed day.